Every once in a while, I go through my notes and, and look and see, you know, certain topics that maybe I haven't taught in a while. And I, I looked it up and I was like, wow, I haven't taught on angels in a long time, uh, many years. So I thought, you know what? It's time to pull those notes out again and add to it and maybe some fresh things and, and say, well, why would we have to take time to, to study about angels? Because most people got it completely wrong. Most people, when you talk, I'm talking about Christians now. I'm not talking about people out in the world that don't know the word or never bothered to read the word or don't have a connection with the Lord. But most Christians rely on their own opinions, rely on what Hollywood or Disney or whatever has portrayed angels over the years. And so when you start looking at what the Bible says about angels, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so completely different than what we've been led to believe. And especially if you come from a, a kind of a religious background, um, say, well, aren't we all yeah. religious? No, 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 no. We're not about religion. We're about a relationship with the Lord. Right. And that of an overflow, and our lives should be a, an overflow of the Word of God that we have studied and we've allowed to become part of who we are. And that relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit and with, with the Father in heaven and Jesus. And so, uh, say, well, what's the big deal? No, it's a big deal because what people end up doing is they end up um, approaching the topic of angels from a completely unscriptural thing. And uh, at best, it'll be useless. At worst, the enemy will come in and hide behind some of those superstitions and hide behind some of those traditions. And, and I've seen people majorly led astray by what they thought was an angel, because you know they're real, right? Yes. Angels are real, okay? But we're gonna, so, so tonight, as, as kind of introduction, I'm just gonna go through some points, okay? Um, I don't think this is gonna get heavy duty tonight. Next week, we'll, we'll pick up a little bit more, go a little bit deeper. But tonight, I just wanna be free to just go through some, some just let me do it, okay? <laughs> And then if we, do, if we do have time, maybe we'll have like a question and answer time at the end of the service. Maybe I'll stop five, 10 minutes early and we'll do like a question and answer thing, okay? All right? Now, now promise me ahead of time that when we go through a question and answer thing, if we say, well, this is what, the, well, I believe, it, 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 you, what you believe and what I believe counts if it matches what the Bible says. We don't just develop our own theology and develop our own philosophies about things. And that happens so many times. And man, I could preach on that one tonight. There are, some, there are some topics, some subjects, some issues that are destroying people's lives. And I'm talking about Christians because instead of having a biblical uh, a standard, they have a cultural standard. And I'm, I'm, I'm really concerned by the amount of people who I hear will say stuff like, well, I don't really believe that way anymore. But, 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 when, did you, yeah, when did you have the option to decide and still call it biblical? If you want to believe what you want to believe, that's your business. But don't claim that you're going to get anywhere with that belief as it, as it pertains to what God would desire to bring about a promise in your life. If you're holding on to something that's not a promise in the word of God, and you're holding on to, well, well, this is just what I believe. Go ahead, knock yourself out. Let me know how that works out for you in the future. Okay, we are people of the word. You got born again by the word of God, the incorruptible seed. Now don't go get saved by the incorruptible seed and then corrupt the seed. Well, pastor, the way I see it is, does anybody know what this means? <laughs> I'm not trying to be rude. I'm, I'm trying to be scriptural. We do not have the luxury to develop our own belief systems that are contrary to the word of God and still call ourselves Christians. Because somebody's watching you walk out what you know of the word. And if you're walking out what you developed in your own philosophies as your belief system, but you're presenting it as the word of God, you're gonna be responsible for the people that are acting on your belief system rather than acting on the word of God. Amen. Somebody's going, man, what kind of mood did he come in here tonight? <laughs> we are obligated 
to follow the word of God. Amen. amen. See, that's why so many people are sitting on this side, because I'm getting all the amens on this side. How about this side? We're still undecided. Okay. All right, I'm jumping in. You ready? All right, let's go. Angels are created beings. They are an entirely separate type of creature from humans. They're not. All right, I don't want to get that myself. All right. People do not become angels after death, and angels do not become human. So, well, I saw this movie. Forget about the movie. Okay? They are as different from us as we are from the animal kingdom. Get that in your head. They are a completely different, separate race or species of beings. Okay? Um, I'm just going to throw some things out, and I, I'm going to give you the scriptural address for that. I'm not going to go into it. Not going to, I want you to do the homework. Turn to somebody and say, oh, there's homework? <laughs> I want you to do the homework. So if you can do it on your phone, if you can write it, put the, put the scripture down. Angels are intelligent beings. Okay, In fact, the word that we get, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to explain this one. The word that we get from Greek that we translate as demon in the Greek language means intelligent being because they're very intelligent being. Pastor, I thought we're studying angels. We are. Okay, the angelic realm, there's two types of it. Well, there's a lot of different types of angels, but they, it breaks down into two categories. The angels of God and fallen angels, demons, okay? You got that clear? Yes. They're, they're, they're all angels, but their purpose and their goals are extremely different. But they are intelligent, intelligent beings, okay? Matthew chapter 8, verse 29. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. So this is, this is Bible study tonight. This is information transfer tonight. Okay, you getting this? Yes. All right. They are emotional beings. James chapter 2, verse 19 says, you believe there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. So these beings can experience emotion. They can experience fear. In fact, I've heard this taught. I've never really studied it out myself 100%, but I've heard this taught. Sometimes we say, well, take authority over that spirit of fear. I don't know that there's an actual spirit of fear. There are spirits that experience fear and then want to transfer that to others. That sounds more like it, right? So they are emotional beings. They can shudder. Uh, they, they rejoice when one is born again. Luke chapter 15, verse 10 says, in the same way, this is Jesus speaking, in the same way I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So when a sinner turns from his, his old ways and comes to Christ, receives Jesus, angels rejoice over that. And I think the reason why they rejoice is because they can't experience what we do. I'm probably getting ahead of myself here a little bit. Angels cannot experience repentance. They cannot experience salvation. All right? And I know I'm getting ahead of myself. Now I'll say it anyway. The angels that turned on God and followed Lucifer, there's no hope for them. It's done. It's a done deal. There's no way they can repent. There's no way that they can show remorse. There's no way it's sealed. That judgment is sealed. Those that followed God, those that stayed with God, those that served God, uh, always will be. Amen. Amen? Amen? That was something that took place in eternity past. And um, someday when we get to heaven, we'll, we'll find out all about that. Next thing I want to share with you is angels are spirit beings and do not have physical bodies. Can they appear as if they have physical bodies? Yes. But do they have substance? They're spirits. It's, you can't grab a hold of one. Okay? 
You getting this? Yes. All right. Both good and evil angels are created beings. And they do not have, they, they do not have limitless knowledge. They have knowledge, but it's limited. Okay? Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. Jesus speaking. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. And you know that in context, that Jesus was talking about the day of his return. Okay? He said, nobody knows. Not even the angels in heaven know. Now they have some intelligence, but that one they don't know yet. Amen? Amen. Contrary to popular opinion or thought, they cannot be everywhere at once, and they are not as powerful as God. I'll say it again. They cannot be everywhere at once. They, They have limitations, and they are not as powerful as God. Satan, formerly Lucifer, is still just an angel. Do you realize that? We have this tendency of putting him up in this. He's still just an angel. Now think about that, because Paul says, when he's writing to the church in Corinth, don't you know that you're going to judge angels? He was talking to us, to flesh and blood and bone individuals. He said, we're going to judge angels. And yet we get so scared, Satan. So scared, oh, what he's going to do to us. And I don't even want to talk about him. I don't even want to mention his name. What if he hears us? What if he finds out what we're planning? Now consider this here. They're nowhere near as powerful as God. However, angels are, in the natural speaking, power, more powerful than human beings and possess greater knowledge. They do. They've been around longer. Just by virtue of that fact. Yet, watch this now. As powerful as an angel could be, and remember, we'll probably get to this next week, in the Old Testament we have recorded for us that one angel, one angel wiped out 185,000 enemy soldiers in one night. Probably in one shot. So they're powerful, but they're not more powerful than God. Now consider this. As powerful as they are, (laughs) yet Jesus gave us authority over them. Did you, did you hear what I just said? As powerful as they are, Jesus gave us authority over them. I personally believe, okay, and I think this lined up with the word, that that was part of God's plan to humiliate Satan and to humiliate the angels that followed him. Could you imagine that? A being that's capable of wiping out 185,000 soldiers in one night has to listen to you has to obey when you say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. When, I, when we say, I bind you in the name of Jesus, they have to listen. Yeah. That, my friends, is humiliating. Yeah. You got it? Yeah. Angels understand the Bible. They understand the world. Um, they believe in the prophecies that are to come to pass, just like you and, we, just like you and I do. James 2.19, Revelation 12.12, 12. you can look it up. Even the fallen angels who hate God are not atheists. In fact, they probably, they probably have a stronger sense of reality of who God is because they live in the same realm, in the realm of the spirit, okay? They know that God exists. We talked about this before in James, how even the devils, they know, but they shudder, amen? Amen. Angels also understand humanity very well because they've been studying man for thousands of years. You, You look at your own life, and if you're really transparent and really honest with yourself, the enemy is still trying to do the same thing with you that he did with Eve. Yes, trying to get you to doubt God, trying to get you to put your attention on self so that you won't focus on God. Same thing, same tactics, same strategy. That's all he's ever been doing. That's all he's ever going to do. Amen? Amen? Here's another one that many people might not consider. There are a limited number of angels. God only created a certain amount, okay? 
and they do not reproduce. You listening? Angels, the angels God created at the beginning of time are still with God. And the demons that fell at the beginning are still fallen. I talked about that just a few moments ago. I talked about how they can never experience salvation as we do. They are eternally condemned. Now that means, let's look at this a little bit deeper now. If they are eternally condemned and they cannot take advantage of the grace of God, that means even though God created them, they are not recipients of his love. So how could that be, Pastor? Because God is love. God is love. But if he, if, he, if he did not withhold that love, then angels would be able to experience salvation. You got this? So, so he's created them. They work in cooperation with each other. But they are not recipients of the unconditional love of God. If they were recipients of the unconditional love of God, they would be able to partake of salvation, and they cannot. You get what does that mean? How much more special is God's relationship with us than it is even with angels who have existed with him since he created them in eternity past? The angels have been with him a lot longer than we have. And yet they are a distinct race of being or a species of being, I should say race, species of being. And God keeps them in that category. They don't slip and like, I don't care how many times you watch The Bishop's Wife, that movie, or The Preacher's Wife, where the old movie was uh, Cary Grant or Rock Hudson or something. Was it Cary Grant? Cary Grant comes down because this bishop of a church in New York City is overwhelmed, and he prays one day, God, please send me help. And then the angel walks in his house. Hollywood. Now... Do they help us? Absolutely. And we're going to talk about that more in depth next week. Now, because of their longevity, they are created beings, but they live forever from the point that they're created. Okay? We can assume that they have much greater knowledge and understanding of God and humanity than we do. Now, here's an interesting thing that I wanted to bring out. In the case of fallen angels or demons, there is no hope of us ever winning an argument with one of them unless we use the scripture to combat their lies. So how do you know that? Genesis chapter three. Eve tried to win an argument, but she didn't have the grasp on the word of God that she should have had that would have shut the whole thing down. It was more like a, well, I, I've, heard, I've heard my husband talk about this, and I don't, you know, and she gave it away. She was a dead giveaway that she really didn't know the scripture because she said, not only did he tell us not to eat it, he told us not to touch it. Nowhere in scripture does it say that God told Adam not to touch it. He told him not to eat it. Now, the enemy knows the word of God, and in some cases probably knows it way better than we do. And because he acts like an unscrupulous attorney, he will try to push that as much as he can. But you've got to be even more knowledgeable when the, as it pertains to the word so that you'll be able to discern, no, that, that voice is a lie. That's a lie, coming from, that's a lie coming from the enemy. I had a shut-up TV program off last night. I'm not going to tell who it was. I, I promise you. But it was somebody who up until a few years ago had a very, very prominent place as a teacher amongst all the Christian TV stations. And um, it was going good until all of a sudden she got off on this tangent where God will bring this, this, I I said, Barb, shut it up before I kick the television. (laughs) God brings, bring, not allows, or not, and that would have been bad enough. God brings suffering into your life so that you will stay dependent on him. That sounds like an abusive husband. And I went to myself, oh my God, there are people sitting in their t- right now going, yeah, <laughs> that's probably why I'm suffering the way I am. It's all his fault. He's, that's abusive. 
In fact, I remember when we first went to, uh, to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to go get ready to move there to attend Bible school. We had gone out there in the middle of the summer. We were supposed to, Cap's back there. He's going to remember this story. Okay, we went out there in July. We're supposed to then go back in like the end of August and start school in September. So we had gone, well, he and I and my family had gone in April. And when we got there in April, we were like, yeah, we're coming here. We're supposed to come here. So then just Pastor Cap and Pastor Pam, my wife and I, that went back in July, they needed to find an apartment, jobs, things. We needed to find a house, school for the kids, the whole bit. And so we get there, and we find this house, and it was really convenient. It was, you know, uh, if need be, we could have walked to the Bible school from where we lived. I didn't like it. It was a little bit too far for me to walk, but it was within walking distance. <laughs> and so it was, it, was, it was a good house. It was spacious. It had enough bedrooms for all of our boys, uh, to, and it had enough, had a spare bedroom so I could have, like, a little quiet place where I could t- retype my notes after class and stuff like this. And, and everything was going fine, and, and the rent was like only $900 a month. How, how, what would you say the house? At least 2,500 square feet? Yeah. So, so the rent was good. And so we left there with the understanding that this is our house. We get back home, and after a couple of weeks, all of a sudden it's like, no, this isn't going to, no, we can't honor this and stuff like this. I went, okay. And we got together and we prayed. And I said, no, this is the devil. Because God is a good God and he's a good father. He wouldn't wave this thing in front of us and say, you like this? You can't have it. So literally, and he's there, and I may, if I have to bring him up here to, to verify this, we moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma without any signed papers. We get there at 6 o'clock on a Sunday night and go straight to the real estate office. And I walk in. And I say to the woman that's there, I think, I think it was a cleaning person. I think it was somebody who was cleaning the offices. Hey, I'm here to pick up my key for 413 North Gardenia in Broken Arrow. And she's looking at me. I said, yeah, we're here. So it's taking care of the house. You know, we were here back in July, and that, that's our house. Okay. Gives me the keys. <laughs> Am I lying? You were there. You walked in the office with me. Why? Because God's a good God. And we're not going to put up with the devil trying to pull a prank and then making it look like God promised us, isn't this house nice, Joe? Isn't this good? And the rent is pretty good. It's not bad. You know, we're talking 25, 27 years ago. But $900 a month, even 27 years ago, was cheap for a five-bedroom house. Okay? So we just walked in. Moved in. Put the furniture in the house. Sent the red payment. Never heard another word. <laughs> but wait a minute now. Now, wait a minute now. Had we responded, or I should say, excuse me, had we reacted to the voice of the enemy trying to shake us, oh, oh, maybe it's not God's will for us to go. Maybe, oh, gosh, we don't have a house. We don't have, we went out there without having a lot of things. But we knew we had a God who cared for us. And listen, and listen, 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 listen. I got to believe this. And I knew we had a God whose angels were going before us and preparing the way. And many times we don't pray that way. We don't pray that way. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself probably by a week or two. But one of the things that Brother Hagin taught us in Bible school, I'm talking about Kenneth Hagin Sr., okay? One of the things he taught us is this. In this, on this planet, in this life, one of the hardest areas to get victory in and to get uh, manifestation is in the area of finances. Why? Because it always depends on a third person. You don't pray, or if you do, I don't know if you get results. If you are, praise God. God doesn't send shopping bags of money from heaven. There is none in heaven. Where's the money? Uh, some of you, the rest of you, are not even sure. Where's the money? It's here. Okay? Now, watch this now. Now, he taught us to pray this way. Father, in the name of Jesus, this is what I need. Such and such amount, this is what I needed. Angels, go forth right now and bring it to pass. Why? Because it doesn't come. There's not a shoot from heaven 
that it just drops out, boom, boom. What, how does it work? We pray, we present our needs. God is faithful. He said he's gonna supply our needs. He may send an angel to influence someone, but there's a third party that's gotta be obedient to listen to the voice of God. Are you listening to me? You're looking at me like this is the first time you're hearing this. So, so listen to me. When you pray as it pertains to finances, don't just make it between you and God. Make your request known, amen, with thanksgiving, and then send forth your angels who hearken unto the voice of his word. Now, you're speaking the word, right? Father, you said that you would supply all my needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Angels, go bring that to pass. You listening to me? Some of you look at me like, he's a crackpot. <laughs> go right ahead and do without. Go right ahead and do without, because I can tell you, beyond the shadow of a doubt, in 38 years, never failed yet. Amen. He has never failed yet. Anytime we have ever needed anything to accomplish what God has called us to do, he has brought it. Whether, no matter how it had to come, he's brought it. Amen. Man, I can get off right now and make this a, a series on provision and finances. But we'll stick with angels, amen? amen. Praise God. So listen. In the case of fallen angels or demons, we have no hope of winning arguments with them unless we use the scripture to do what? Combat their lies. By depending on flawed, limited human understanding, we will fail every single time. In fact, I believe it's in the book of Ephesians. Might be chapter three, somewhere in that area that Paul makes mention of us making known to the angelic realm the mysteries of God. Because you understand something, there's angels that, that when Jesus died on the cross, the angels were like, what's going on here? They didn't know the plan of salvation. They didn't know the plan of salvation. They're like, what's going on here? What's going on here? So they've been learning then, once he rose from the dead, they understood. They started putting all the pieces together. Okay? Because, you know, Gabriel is an angel, right? And he was involved in bringing that message to Mary, like, hey, you're going to get pregnant. You're going to conceive. And this, this, this child that you're going to conceive is the son of God. And he, his name shall be called Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. But that's all they knew. They didn't know how he was going to do it. They didn't know. It was, now, now, watch this now. I would imagine they stood back and maybe they might have talked amongst each other and went, Gabriel, do you think? Do you think he's going to do it like he did to Abraham on Mount Moriah? Because you remember the angel spoke from heaven. Abraham, put the knife down. You see what I'm saying here? Now, they have knowledge, but they don't have all knowledge. So, man, when we get to heaven and we'll be able to sit down with these angels and go, what was it like? And go, oh, man, we were trying to figure this thing out for millennium. We stood back and we saw what he was doing and stuff like this. But, you know, because they have the utmost respect for God Almighty. Because, you know, right now there's angels, there's angels flying around. The, right now, Amen. there are angels. Right now, there are angels. At what time is it? At 7.40, there are angels. Eastern time. 7.40. <laughs> there are angels right now flying around the throne. And what are they saying? Come on, let's say it all together like we mean it. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Right now. They're still, they're still doing it. Been doing it for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. They had the utmost respect from, for, of God. So you can't picture, you cannot even imagine angels going, hey, come on, tell us the plan. No. They're like, Lord, whatever, whatever your wish is, whatever your desire is, we are instruments of your glory. We carry your messages. We'll carry your power. 
But man, just tell us how this is going to go. <laughs> Remember this. Now, this was spoken about demons and about Satan and about his kingdom. That at the cross and the crucifixion, when he rose from the dead, they literally gasped. And it tells us, had they known what was going to happen, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. What an ambush that was. Now, still doing okay. Ephesians? Who said that? Okay, Ephesians 3.10, about the mysteries, revealing the mysteries. Of, right. God's counting on us to speak the word and put it in context, because the angels know the word, but they're like, we still don't know how this is going to come to pass. It's up to the church to speak to those realms, those, those, that hierarchy of angels. We're talking about Satan. For us, the church should be able to say, no, no, this is as far as you go, and that's it. Okay, that's why it's so important for us to pray for our families, to pray for our nation, to pray for Israel, to pray for the lost, to pray when there's tragedy that occurs. It's important for us. Who else is going to do it? God's not sending angels to the earth to pray. Jesus is not coming here to pray. It's the Holy Ghost and the church. Now, we got angels around us. I wouldn't, don't doubt at all that there's, there's this room right now. I've had that happen over the years. People come and tell me, did you realize it was an angel standing next to you the whole time you were preaching? I was like, no. But I'm glad he was. Can I throw that other one out here? There's no place in the Bible that talks about female angels. Don't look at me like that. I didn't write it. <laughs> Yet, most angels that you see in your little catalogs, oh, I want to get, oh, they're so cute. They're so sparkly. They're so, what, 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 what how would we identify them? Flowing. There's no place in the Bible. Now, I'm not saying they're necessarily male, but they usually appear that way because they're not like us. They don't have gender. But nowhere does it talk about female angels. So next time I see any of you post on Facebook <laughs> stuff about these angels and this one's name and that one's name and my angel Felicia... He's in rare form tonight. <laughs> All right, so sometimes we think that angels are only involved in hyper-spiritual stuff, like at Bethlehem when they came to announce the birth of Jesus, like the visitation there when the angel Gabriel came to commission Mary to be the mother of Jesus. We think it's only big stuff like that. We're under the impression that angelic assistance only happens once in a while. I think we would be completely shocked if we knew how often angels have intervened on our behalf, have made doors of opportunity to become open. I think we'd be shocked. So don't underestimate them. And the, and the problem is, sadly, most of what people think they know about or actually believe has no basis in truth and no basis in the Word of God. And that's why we need to study this. For instance, I kind of hinted at this before. Nowhere in the Bible does it state that when a human being dies, they become angels. Stop that. Stop saying stuff like that to people when you go visit them when they're in mourning. You're giving them faults. You're giving them a false perspective on life. And can I throw this other thing in? I don't care how many cardinals show up in your garden. They're not your loved one coming to... Stop that. Stop that. Well, uh, why, why, you know, if it comforts me. No, you're sending a flag to the devil that you're willing to entertain false doctrine. Stop doing that. Stop it. Oh, I talk to my dead loved one all the time. You better stop it right now. Because that ain't your dead loved one. That's an intelligent being that God created 
that was perverted and went the other direction and is trying to get a foothold in your soul so that it could take you by, trust me, I know what I'm talking about because I fell for that years before I got saved and it brought me into complete darkness. Complete darkness, worst darkness that I ever experienced before. Thinking that I was communicating with my loved ones that had gone before me who were certainly watching over me as my guardian angel. No, you're a person, you're always gonna be a human being, you're always gonna be a child of God. You're born again, you're a child of God. You don't become a different species. In fact, it would be a demotion for you to become an angel because you have authority over angels and you will judge angels. And angels, listen to me, are at your beck and call. So stop that. Stop this foolishness. You're going to open yourself up to a demonic uh, apparition or some kind of demonic activity in your life. All right. So, if we're going to become students of the word as it pertains to this, then we have to know what the word says. And, this, and separate ourselves from traditions that have no roots in the word of God. And again, people have opened themselves up to demonic deception by acting on false beliefs. Okay? So, the term angel. The term angel simply means a messenger or an ambassador. Angels have been created by God to be carriers of messages to be representatives of the kingdom of God. Are you, are you listening to me? Okay, don't try to pull them out of that function. Because one of them will show up in a different function, but it ain't going to be a real angel. Not God's angel. Don't you understand that the kingdom of the enemy operates strictly and exclusively on deception? This is why you have got to develop discernment in your soul from your spirit. Now in the age that we live, we are living in an age of unprecedented deception. When you see this kind of deception operating, it tells you that the kingdom of darkness has been given permission by some part of our society, uh, people that are in control of the media, people that are in control of information, listen to me, okay? And don't look at me like I'm paranoid. In the Old Testament, you see very little demonic activity until Jesus is coming on the scene. You see very little deception until Jesus is coming on the scene. Are you getting this? Now, we've seen very little of that since the church has been established, but now we're seeing it like never before. Amen. And it's on grand scale, and some of us are paying to listen to it. I clicked on, my, on the internet today to go to uh, my, my emails and to go access some other information, and what pops up on the AOL page, the news page, you know, where they have all the true stories? <laughs> Yeah, there's uh, four types, at least four types of hostile alien civilizations in our Milky Way, said a recent study. Who studied this thing? Now, some Christians sat there and went, oh, wow. Well, that sounds ridiculous. Do you want me to go through some of the ones that didn't sound as ridiculous that we still fell for over the past three years? We are living in an unprecedented age of deception. If you do not exalt the word of God over and above the things that you're reading, the things you're hearing, and the things you're seeing, you're a sucker, and you're going to fall for it. There is one agenda right now for the kingdom of darkness. It's to enslave mankind. You better realize it. You better open your eyes, and you better start living in a, in a, a defensive mode. Oh, gosh. You listening to me? Who do you think is behind all this? Every one of these fallen angels are on assignment from the enemy himself. Why? Because they've been given an open door of opportunity. In every nation, in every government, in every family, 
The enemy looks for an open door of opportunity. When the enemy realizes, just like he did in Adam's family, that he had someone, namely Eve, that was willing to listen to the lies, what do you think happened? He brought disaster upon mankind and didn't have to lift a finger. I'm sorry. I'm going to make a statement. I'm probably going to pay for it. I refuse to allow a government, another human being, a philosophy to try to discipline me, to bring me to a place where I will conduct myself according to the way they want. There's only one, stop, 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 stop. There's only one person in the universe that I will allow to discipline me, to train me, so that I will conduct myself and live my life according to his desires. Demonic deception is real. I feel better. Okay. All right, can we stop here? Let's take some questions. If I don't know them, I'll tell you I don't know them and I'll bring them next week. Yes, sir. Well, yeah, they followed Satan. Well, God, they were all God's angels at one time until part of them sinned. You see what I'm saying? The angels that followed Satan, they originally were the angels of God. God didn't create some to be evil and the rest to be good. He created them all good and then even Lucifer himself until sin was found in him. And then we know it's the sin of pride. Okay, I will ascend. I will go to, I will be on the throne. I will go to the sides of the north. I will, I will, I will. The attention is always on I. Same thing he did with Eve. You remember I taught this in that, that series on uh, DNA. Okay, the devil never said to Eve, stop following God and follow me. He said, stop following God and follow yourself. And that's been the curse on mankind ever since. So does that, did I answer that for you? Do they sin No, no, because once that decision was made, they all stuck with him, and the ones that didn't stick with him, that's it, okay? Judy? So are you saying demons are the angels also? They all started out angels. Right, so they, 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 they morphed when they followed Lucifer in his fall. In Peter, yeah. I don't have that one figured out yet. I have my suspicions, but I don't want to talk about it here. Anybody else, sir? Do we all have guardian angels? Yes. And what is the definition of limited angels? I'm sorry, what? What is it you said there's a limited number? There's a limited number of angels. God created so many angels. In other words, they don't reproduce. Whatever he created in the beginning, that's it. Out of that group, some of them went bad. According to, it seems like the scriptures tell us that two-thirds stayed with God, one-third followed Lucifer. Okay, there's not much information on that. That's about all I've ever found. I don't know if anybody else has found more. So, did that answer your question? Oh, trust me, yeah. And, and honestly, no, don't want to go there. Not only do we have a guardian angel assigned to us, I think there's more than one assigned to us, each one of us, but the enemy also has assigned some to us. They're called, they're called familiar spirits. They are demons that have followed families throughout the generations, and they know exactly how to entrap us. Linda? Uh, do we actually know how many angels there are? Does it matter? Okay, but listen, they don't die. So we do. So, in other words, uh, that one's done. Next. <laughs> Next. So there's plenty of angels to go around. Anybody else? Yes. So why are demons allowed to exist? 
What? Because God gives free choice. He gave them free choice for a limited amount of time. What was that? Because they're eternal beings. Once they're created, uh, they're going to get dealt with. Don't worry. I mean, it's not always going to be like this. In fact, we're coming down to the end right now. And the uh, Bible tells us that when Jesus comes, with just one word out of his mouth, he's going to wipe out the whole kingdom of darkness. So, anybody else? Yes? Can they ever appear in human form? Like- oh, sure they Yeah, we see it all throughout the scriptures. Now, in the Old Testament, usually, it's not, I can't make it as a blanket statement, but usually in the Old Testament, when it, it, it'll indicate the angel of the Lord, that's usually Jesus pre-incarnate. Because you remember, Jesus didn't start in Bethlehem. He came on the scene here in Bethlehem, but he always was. So, especially like the book of Gideon's, a perfect one. That's Jesus. So, yes, sir, back there. Explained it already, but... I didn't understand. Uh, why can't fallen angels repent and be forgiven? God has not given them that. They're not human like us. I understand that there are different species, but if God wants to, if he's love and he wants to forgive and he wants... To but he's also justice. And he's also... He's holding on to anger and frustration. Now, you see, you, you're one, uh, the confusion is coming, is you're wanting to put angels on the level of humans, and they're not. They're not. So it's a, you can't say to God, well, how come you're not treating them and treat us? You should really say, thank God you're treating us better than you're treating them. He said he loves us more than anything else. Oh, absolutely. He's created everything, so. Yeah, but he didn't send Jesus to the cross for the angels. He sent Jesus on the cross for us. Amen. So that's the distinction right there. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Is your guardian angels, like in this room, does everybody have guardian angels? I hope so. Why what? Oh, because I wasn't conscious of it. This, this has happened on a number of occasions over the years where the person actually saw. Yeah. I haven't been given that privilege. So, anybody else? Can we destroy the demons, angels? No, you can. You can it, believe me, when Jesus comes, he's going to take care of all this. Right, we have authority over them. They can only do what we allow them to do. That's it. When people get this like, oh, why, where was God? No, God's where he's always been on the throne. He's waiting for the church to put demons in their place. Okay, hypothetically, if there's a family that's running out of food, and all of a sudden the doorbell rings, and there's someone there with packages of food, is that person considered an angel? Not necessarily, because he didn't tell the angels to... Well, you would say that, oh, you're my angel, something like that, but they're not really the angel. They're another human being. I I would guarantee you if you stab them, they're going to (laughs) bleed. But we do that. We say, oh, the person's my angel. Well, yeah. In one part of the New Testament, say that some people entertain angels it's in the book of Hebrews. I think it's chapter 7 or 8. That means they appear. Right, they appear. We're not aware of it. If we need to be, God will open up our eyes. Amen. Yeah. You remember that happened in the Old Testament where that false prophet is on the donkey and there's an angel there. The donkey sees the angel, <laughs> but Balaam doesn't see it. And he's beating the donkey because the donkey's like, um, there's an angel there. Oh, it's 13? Hebrews 13, too. That's where the scripture is. One more question, and that's it. Yes? So I understood what you were saying about the finance part, that you, you, you bring your prayer to the Lord, and then you ask to send it to the court. Right, it doesn't, it's not limited to finances. Okay. No, it's not limited to finances. Is that with all of your prayers? Should we be doing that with our prayers? Oh, no, I think you should do that as you're led by the Holy Spirit. Because otherwise it becomes too much of a formula and it's just, you're not using faith and you're not, there's no anointing to it. You're just doing it like, you know, okay, one, two, three, four, five, open sesame. It doesn't work that way. Did anybody else have a question? I feel like I don't want to cut anybody short. But. Can I ask a funny question? Huh? 
Hold on one second. When, do angels still have free will? I don't think so. The question was, do angels still have free will? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because I think we would have multiple rebellions. And as far as we know, there's one. They, they had free will back when... They had free will for a specific period of time. And under God's sovereign will, whatever that period of time was over, that was it. Because then attention had to focus on mankind. Amen. Don? When I was a kid, I always thought that angels ate cake. They ate cake? Yes. And what do you want to do with devil's food cake? <laughs> now, does that make me bad because I like chocolate cake more than I like... But I put white icing on it. So. <laughs> we got a couple of minutes. One last one, I promise you, that's it. Yes? What are some other ways that society tries to see us? I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time hearing you. What are some other ways that we're seen by society using Satan's, you know, How is society deceiving us? What other ways would be being deceived by society by what? Through Oh, well, it's very blanket. I could just make a blanket statement. Anything, any information, any philosophy, any belief system that is contrary to the Word of God falls under that category. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty broad. Yeah. All right, we're good? Was this a blessing tonight? You're going to come back loaded with questions next week. <laughs>